It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host, also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG Studios, CFPs and my business partners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Not all financial planners and financial advisors are created equally, and they don't all behave the same. So depending on their process, convictions, and core beliefs, you could have a very different experience and achieve very different results depending on who you work with. We're helping you find the right fit for you by sharing the best questions you need to ask a prospective financial planner on today's episode. I love, I, I just, I love this. I love these questions because there's something mysterious and intimidating when it comes to trying to work with or starting a relationship with a financial professional. And we're going to help you have clarity and confidence as to what to look for, what questions to ask. So I'm excited about the content. If you have a question for us, you can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. There's an area to leave questions right there on the right. Most of the questions, though, come to us on social media. So find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you're at. We're there too. Search the Wise Money Show. Like and follow us there. And then you can submit questions that way as well. All right. So when it comes to selecting a financial planner, I have found that questions are really the key to find someone that you're comfortable with. And since the financial world is so confusing, and sometimes you might not know what to ask, or you might not know, well, how to distinguish one certified financial planner from another um, based on services and whatever, because we all sort of look the same, sound the same, and say sort of the same thing. So what are the questions that you should ask? I'm leaving it completely open-ended here. We'll go through some suggestions, but what are the right questions to ask a prospective financial planner? You know, if you were interviewing a potential financial planner that you would maybe like to hire and and really choose to trust ultimately, um, because that ultimately is the reason why you're you're doing an interview, why you're seeking out someone. It's do I trust this person? Can I let them have influence in my financial life? This might not be a question that you would explicitly ask, but it's the one that you need to be listening for, in my opinion. And, and that is, what's the process that this financial planner, this professional is going to go through in determining what kind of advice they're going to give? And I, I want to emphasize that word process because, you know, just like if, if you were to march into a doctor's office and they start prescribing things uh, uh, before they've even diagnosed anything. You know, they're telling you the solution before they've even really figured out what the problem is. Most likely, if that's happening in a financial planner's office, they are product-focused as opposed to process-driven. And if, if they've already got their ideas in mind after just one short conversation, then, then that should be a red flag for you. So 
whether it's an actual question that you ask or something that you're just listening for in the conversation, I would want to understand what is the process they're going to take you through. I, I would ask the question. I really, really would. It, one of the we're going to link it in the uh, on in the show notes on YouTube. Um, but the CFP, the Certified Financial Planning Board, has a list of their ten top ten questions you should ask. I haven't found a better list than this one. And but we're going to talk about others as well. But Josh, your question is number four on their list. What is your approach to financial planning? And guess what's what's in the text right below that question? Ask the advisor if he or she will create a comprehensive financial plan for you. For those of you that are wise money fans, does that sound familiar? I mean, that that is what we preach because most financial professionals, even if they call themselves a financial advisor or financial planner, they're not going to have a comprehensive approach to your financial life. They're not going to build you a financial plan. And so that's where I would say, don't just listen for clues. Ask, ask the question explicitly. What's your approach to financial planning? Will you be creating a comprehensive financial plan? Yeah, I think that the the question do you know the six areas of financial planning <laughs> quiz them huh yeah it quiz them because a lot of times it is confusing you know what what does what does a financial planner do so this is where we say hey we are process driven we follow a process and it is it this is very confusing a lot of times because people say hey i just don't know who to turn to i don't know who to trust and this is a trust game. Any whether you're taking your your car to a mechanic, or whether it, no matter what you're doing, if you're getting some sort of service, there's an element of trust here, and you have to trust that you've got competency, and that there will be consistency in in the experience that you have. So the the other thing I was I was looking around for questions, and I found. A top 10 list from the good folks over at Nerd Wallet. And this is what you need to watch out for. They've got their top 10 list, and the first five are pretty good. They overlap a lot with these CFP questions. But the second five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, are all investments. And it actually says questions to ask your financial advisor, but it's what's your investment philosophy? What asset allocation do you use? What investment benchmarks do you use? What's your custodian? And Will I face a tax hit when I invest with you? It's all about investing, which there's nothing wrong with investing. That's a huge part of your financial life. It just, you you can't have that take a disproportionate amount of attention in your financial planning relationship. That means you're not doing comprehensive financial planning and missing out on strategies and ways to help you achieve financial freedom. You know, I, I agree with you that that, nerd wallet list or whatever it was that you were just referring to, it's, it's maybe um, expanding uh, or, or c continuing this misconception amongst um, the public that a certified financial planner is just an investment guru and therefore all of your interview questions should be about their philosophy and stuff like that. However, uh, and, and we disagree with that, your, your interview should be looking at all of the areas of financial planning. But specifically, the, the thing I like about the list was somewhere in there, it was referring to how, what is their approach, what is their way of thinking about these topics, whether it's the investments or insurance or taxes. 
you need to you need to know that your advisor is in alignment with you philosophically. Yes. And there could be lots of different philosophies, again, philosophically in alignment with your investment approach, or maybe some people want to be philosophically aligned from a faith perspective mm-hmm. as well. Um, maybe it's uh, just your, your take on how insurance should be structured. But the point is, when you're opening yourself up to advice from another person, you need to know, like, where is that advice coming from? Like, what what's their worldview as it pertains to this area? Because uh, you, you need to know whether or not you're going to have conflict or you're going to be uh, actually feeling comfortable taking their advice. Yeah, I look at the first question in the Nerd Wallet list of questions, and not, Nerd Wallet's just kind of fun to say, but mm-hmm. the question is, are you a fiduciary? And I can't tell you how many times I've had someone come in, and in the first meeting, they'll ask me, "Are you a fiduciary?" And I'll say. Yes, I am. That's a very good question. I'm, I can see you've done some homework. Do you understand what that means? And they say, no, but I know I'm supposed to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. And so even, even understanding the F word, and there's been a huge, <laughs> huge battle in our industry about fiduciary. And do I have to be a fiduciary? There, Believe it or not, there are some firms that pay significant amounts of money to lobbyists to make sure that they still don't have to be fiduciaries. So the 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 five questions that I bashed are probably are good questions to ask your prospective financial planner when it comes to investing. And and I I would I, I like the fiduciary question, but it needs to lead to a broader understanding of it. So what other questions do you need to ask your prospective financial advisor? That coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What questions should you ask a prospective financial advisor? Or even if you're working with, if you've been working with a financial advisor and you wonder, like someone said the other day when they came in for a first meeting, I just wanted to meet you because I wasn't sure if the grass was greener on the other side. So you ask your financial advisor these questions. We're hitting them right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Just go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, like, set up notifications, and uh, and um, subscribe to the content. I would even tell you, leave comments below. We're going to leave a list. We're going to go through a list right now of the top 10 questions from the CFP board. We're going to link it in the show notes there. So check it out on YouTube at The Wise Money Show. All right, so let's do it. Let's run through. This is probably the best top 10 list out there on the internet webs. Let's start. What's number one? So first question is, what are your qualifications and credentials? This, again, coming from the CFP board. Um, You know, this question really, um, you could probably match this up with the second question, which is what experience do you have? Well, go ahead. If it was a toss-up between making sure that someone is well-trained, well-educated, they're credentialed and everything. The certified financial planning designation in our industry is sort of the gold standard. And it it really um, demonstrates that this is an advisor who has formally studied all of the areas of your financial life and um, theoretically are in a position to be able to coach you on all areas of your financial life. The reason I say theoretically, though, 
is there are many certified financial planners who don't do comprehensive financial planning. Which is sort of getting into the third question, which is what services do you offer? And right here, it's like the CFP board's a fan of the Wise Money Show. They say, hey, credentials, licenses, all that expertise, they're just factors in determining what services the advisor can offer. So basically, just because you have a designation doesn't mean that's your service, right? And so asking the the financial professional, well, what services do you offer? And then that leads into the fourth question we've already shared, which is what's your approach to financial planning? If they say, when you ask what services they offer, if they emphasize disability insurance or they emphasize life insurance, or they emphasize an investment philosophy, then you would go quickly to the fourth and say, hey, well, what's your approach to financial planning? And would you, would you expect someone, a, a CFP, to just be stunned by that and say, but, 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 but. no, they're going to have an answer. But, you, but then you might go to what Kevin said, and that is, well, what are the six areas of financial planning? Will I get a written financial plan? Because they're going to have a response We've had lots of people that say, yeah, I do financial planning. I do it on the back of a napkin here. Right. And, and it, you know, financial planning, that's, that's, that's pretty easy. That's not a problem. I can, I can do it on a, the back of a napkin. If, a, if I'm at a restaurant with someone and, and the, the paper place mat, uh, I can just flip that over. I, I've watched you chafe at that comment from other professionals, and, and they kind of minimize the uh, financial planning process. And, and I love the fact that you always call them out if they call themselves a financial planner, but they don't really do financial planning. Kevin's gotten in arguments. We're at, <laughs> so we're at a conference for financial planners and, you know, we, you go out to eat and whatever. And I've seen Kevin get in an argument with another financial professional who just does investments and say, no, you don't. No, you don't do financial planning. It's been quite humorous. Well, that's where my stunning lack of self-awareness comes in, <laughs> and it really helps me. Um, but no, I, it's all done in fun and everything. But uh, the point, though, is you're you're calling a spade a spade, right? And and drawing a distinction between a certified financial planner who actually does broad planning. Well, and it goes back to the the first question. If the first question is what experience do you have, I believe that you want to have experience doing this over and over and over again. So I've been doing this for 26 years and you guys have been doing it going on 20. And the thing is, the the if you come to Corhorn Financial Group and you meet with someone, they're a certified financial planner who we have trained and raised and brought up in this business to do financial planning. We look at people's problems. Everyone comes in with a problem. They have a presenting problem. You tell me what it is. I don't know what it is. I've got I've got too much money. I don't have enough money. I don't know. I don't have direction. My finance. Whatever your plan, whatever your problem is, the solution is a financial plan. That's if you asked, are we biased? Absolutely. We're biased. The solution is a financial plan. Just just like I had someone call in the other day and say, hey, I just want to put some money into a Roth IRA. Um, they, they were not a client. And I said, okay, well, is that the best thing for you to do? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, tell me about your tax situation. What, what kind of tax planning do you do? Well, I don't know. And I said, well, should, is it really a Roth IRA? Should it be a traditional IRA? I'm not really sure. Or should it, you've got it. And then he started talking about his health insurance. I'm like, oh, maybe you should be putting money into an HSA instead of a Roth IRA. So all of a sudden, there's this, there's this incredible whirlwind of confusion 
that a financial plan brings incredible clarity to because you're look you're not making a decision in a vacuum. In a vacuum, someone might say, well, look, the next thing you should do is just increase your contributions 1%. Yeah. And in a vacuum, that you might argue that that could be right. I would say don't ever operate in a vacuum. Yeah. This is part of the reason why I would emphasize someone's approach to financial planning. And of course, you've heard us say already many times that it needs to be a comprehensive financial planning process that they take you through. That is more important than the number of years of tenure uh, that, that a new advisor has in, in their career. In fact, some of the very best financial planners that I've ever known are maybe five years into their career, three years into their career. Technically, they have, they're freshly studied up, right? They, they have been learning not just the timeless principles, but the current version of laws and, and rules and everything, things that we have to constantly be relearning because the way we were taught has changed because the laws have all changed. But there is something to be said about experiential knowledge, which is I I would go to the sixth question here. Will you be the only advisor working with me? And the text below says, some financial advisors work with clients directly, some have a team approach. And at Corhorn Financial Group, because we're growing, right? We we do have a team approach so that we can serve people together. And so whether you're working with someone that's on our team that's been in the field for five years or someone that's been in the year uh, in the field much longer, we're all working together as a team. But we don't have a team approach because we're growing, Mike. We have a team approach because we've said that's the best way to keep our institutional promises. Because back when I was first getting started, I would meet with folks and they said, well, you know, how much, what kind of experience do you have and how long are you even going to be doing this? And I would say, well, I don't know, but we, I made institutional promises. And I said, hey, listen, as long as you have a financial life, I will serve you in some way, shape, or form. And as we grew, I realized I couldn't serve everyone, and I wanted to be part of a team. And even now, folks will come in, and they'll, they will look at me, and in, 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 I look stunningly young, but they'll still say, <laughs> how, how much longer are you going to be doing this? And I say, well, I'm going to be doing this, I don't know how long, either eight years or 18 years, who knows. But Ben or Jake or Ben or Lance, who, the, the guy sitting next to me, he's going to be doing it for 30 plus. So this is why we have a team approach and we have two certified financial planners in every meeting to the extent that it's possible. You know, some of my favorite client cases are the ones where I'm not actually the lead advisor anymore. One of our uh, other planners are kind of guiding the process and everything. And I get to chime in with just sort of the experience, the old guy's perspective, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. And you are getting old. That is for sure. <laughs> uh, so one of the things we haven't even talked about yet is cost. I mean, advisors, they charge for their services in different ways. We're going to talk about those questions you need to ask and then a couple of their conflict questions. So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. certified financial planners charge the same for their services obviously not the same rate but charge uh, the same way that answer is actually 
no. And we're going to talk about that and other questions you need to be asking prospective financial planners. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Have questions for the show? Reach out to us online, wisemoneyshow.com or on social media. Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show, subscribe, and like and leave questions there as well. Okay, so we're running through what are the very best questions you should ask a prospective financial advisor or your current financial advisor just to make sure you're all on the level and on the same page. We haven't even gotten to the question about cost. And in the CFP top 10 questions here, number seven and eight are really, they go hand in hand. And that is number seven, how will I pay for your services? And that is, hey, is it hidden? Is it tucked away? Is it commissions? Will I see it? What, you know, and then Number eight is how much do you typically charge? And so those those questions are hand in hand. You know, whether you come in to work with a certified financial planner and you've got these questions printed out or on your phone, I've had it where some people, they say, well, we, we wanted to have our questions right here because we've talked to other folks and you get caught up in the discussion and we've left and haven't really trusted our emotions and our assessment. So if it's okay with you, I've just got my questions here. We're going to add, and I said, great. I love it. I'm glad you're prepared and you've done your homework. But you've got to understand how they charge and what they charge. You have to in that very first meeting. And if you're listening to this right now and you say, well, wait, I sort of do things on my own and I call this person or their names on my statement, but you don't know how they charge and how much, you need to go find that answer, those answers. And that's an that can be an awkward question to ask. And so in the first meeting that we have with a prospective client, we tell them, look, we're just trying to figure out if we can help you. And then at some point in time, you're going to have to figure out if you want our help. It's, it's pretty straightforward. And then we just try and understand what their issues are. And I, I can't tell you how many times we've gotten to the end and we've walked through each of the six areas of financial planning and said everything that there is to say, and I'll say, do you have any questions? And they'll say, nope, no questions. And so, and so then I say, well, then I'm going to ask one on your behalf. What does it cost to work with us? Because whether you're, whether you're thinking about that question or that's the first question that's going to come into your mind when you walk out the front door, you want to know what does it cost and how do we get paid and then, and I don't go into it at this level, but really what you want to understand is where are the conflicts? What are the conflicts? And so, and you say, well, what, what in the world is a conflict? Out here, let me give you a good example of a conflict. So um, Craig Weicker is one of the, the guys in our health insurance department who helps seniors with Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage, drug plans, all these things. And he was talking about a client who had a Medicare supplement and the right drug plan for them is a drug plan that the agent doesn't get paid on. And so when you look at that, there are lots of agents that would say, if I don't get paid on it, it's not on the menu. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have an agent that will tell you to do nothing if nothing's the right thing to do. And you want to have an agent that will tell you, buy this drug plan, even if I'm not getting paid on it, 
because this that puts you ahead about 70 bucks a month for the next 12 months. That's 840 bucks. So this is and and these conflicts are all over the place in financial services. I don't think it's bad that there are conflicts. I think it's bad if there are conflicts that are not revealed Correct. and discussed and understood by the person on the receiving end of what happens from that conflict. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm going to confess something about my wife. When we go to a restaurant, she looks down the right side of the menu at the prices and then decides what uh, what she wants to eat Me too. for that meal or whatever. That's it's why I, entirely price driven. Yeah. So right? normally and, I just have sides and a water. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you they show don't up like, at Hacienda and just yeah. eat the chips and salsa. <laughs> right. That is exactly right. That's terrible. I go to go to Jimmy John's get some free smells. <laughs> Got it. I'm done. <laughs> Here's the thing. Come to my office sometime. Your your certified financial planner is one of the most important trusted advisors in your life, or they should be. If you don't think they could be, then you haven't found the right one yet. But in order to have that trusted advisor in your life, it's going to cost something. And you need to understand where those costs exist because you want to make sure that they're not motivated to sell you something because selling you something is the only way they stay in business, right? In fact, we would argue that hopefully you're actually paying for the advice separately from any type of implementation of that advice because you may or may not want to implement the ideas that they have with them in particular. Maybe they can't. Maybe they're sending you to a certain insurance agent and they're going to help you put that life insurance policy in place. But the point is, are are they getting paid to give you advice that is in your best interest? That's trustworthy advice. When you know that it's your best interest at heart, and, and that's that fiduciary word that Kevin was mentioning earlier. The last question on their list of 10 is about, hey, have you ever faced any charges or disciplinary actions, done anything unethical and whatever? And of course, of course, you need to ask that. That's available on um, online as well through something called Broker Check. Um, but, but I would encourage you to ask that because that's a, not a, a perfect representation of someone's character, but you need to understand that you're working with someone with character. I've, I found a very, very good question actually through the Dave Ramsey website and from one of the personalities, um, um, Chris Hogan, and we are affiliated with the Dave Ramsey organization. I, I myself am ELP and Kevin and uh, Ryan. And so, um, but here's a good question. Can you tell me why the last two clients stopped working with you? Who are the last two clients that stopped using your services, and can you tell me why they left? What a great, great question. And I hopefully that reveals, because for us, we don't have account minimums or that sort of things, but it's we have our core belief in how you should approach your finances. And there are some people that it's just, it isn't, it isn't a great, perfect fit. And it really should be a great fit. And, um, and so hopefully that's the response you get. And so you're made aware of, all right, these are the types of people that aren't a good fit, but it might also reveal they were dissatisfied with performance or whatever. And that's a good question, I think. Yeah. People don't really leave because of performance. 
And I can tell you that because I've met with folks that work with advisors that have horrible performance and they don't leave that advisor. So people don't tend to leave because of performance. Now, I have started a relationship with someone who was a do-it-yourselfer and had done a lot of things on their own. And they said, hey, I'm ready to unburden myself and delegate. It's kind of like someone saying, hey, I'm done mowing my lawn. I want you to mow my lawn now. And if I don't get the stripes in the lawn just right, they're going to say, hey, give me that lawnmower back. I want to mow my own lawn. Well, you know what? That leads to this other question also from, uh, from Chris Hogan. And the first one, what do you love about your job? We Ben Ben Chambers, one of our rising stars here, one of our advisors, talked about how some people seem to hire us just because of our passion. We love what we do. We actually get that a lot. So those are some questions there. I hope that that helps you. All right, we've got questions. Speaking of questions, we've got questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. That's Spotify. Spotify's taking over the podcasting world. I usually heard someone say, no one listens on iTunes anymore. I was like, uh, I, I do. <laughs> but we're on iTunes as well and Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find us. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe there. That way you get every episode pushed right to your device. And then rate the show as well. We appreciate that. Okay, so before we get into questions from fans of the show, this entire show has been about questions, and it's questions you should be asking a prospective or your current financial planner, making sure they've got the right process and approach to financial planning, making sure they've got a similar philosophy, has the right experience and credentials, and um, and that they you know how they charge for their services. Um, what questions should you expect your financial advisor to ask you? Actually, got uh, I had a discussion with a client recently who was explaining a a experience they had with a doctor, and apparently this doctor had a very thorough process and was asking the this client of mine, this friend, a lot of questions, and and my client talked about how that was very uncomfortable. Like I was surprised they were asking me all these questions didn't really seem to fit. So. Your financial advisor should ask you lots of great questions. In mm-hmm. fact, for our very first meeting, our agenda, it's nothing but questions. That's it. So what sorts of questions should you expect to receive from your financial advisor? And I would be prepared because some have you ever been asked a question and when you're asked, you're caught off guard a little bit and you you're not ready to give a great answer and then two hours later you're you're not in that situation. You think, man. I wish I would have given uh, this answer, yeah. but I didn't. And so, only every day I right. do that. <laughs> so, I I would encourage you if you're if you're meeting with your financial advisor, what you should be prepared to 
answer, explain, discuss, what have you, is what are your financial goals? And because I can't tell you how many times I've asked someone, so what are your financial goals? And that question, for some reason, can throw people off just a little bit, and they're like, "Whoa, uh, well, we um, uh, no." And but then once you peel the onion back a few layers, sure, they've got they have meaningful, well thought out financial goals. But sometimes it just it it catches you off guard. So I would be thinking about what are my financial goals. If I was going to go meet with a financial advisor. I'd write them down. I'd have them written. Like Mike said, these folks that that have the stuff in their phone, I wouldn't put it in my phone. I'd write it down on a piece of paper. That's how I do it. Yeah. So I, <laughs> But I'd write the questions down, not only write the questions down that I, I'm going to ask this prospective financial advisor, because really this 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 is a, a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and I would think institutionally, if I'm getting into a relationship – you want to get into a relationship with an institution that will last beyond whoever's across the table from you because things change, people change, people get old and quit working, um, lots of things happen. So I, w- I would want to have the be ready to answer the question, what are my financial goals? What is important to me financially? What's my primary aim financially? What am I trying to accomplish accomplish? financially and and what it, how do i feel about money how do i interact with money yeah every one of those are questions that we ask in an initial conversation with a client and the reason they're so important and and you should expect to be asked these questions even if you don't have a great answer up front the financial planning process will help you reveal what your financial goals are it'll help you expand your thinking in so many ways but the reason that you need to be asked this question early on in a relationship with a, a financial planner is you need the proof or the evidence that they are excited about what's going to excite you. That's exactly they, right. They have to prove to you that they are in your corner. You, you need to see you know, a, a, a visible change in them when you start getting passionate about something you hope to achieve in your financial future because that ultimately... It is the evidence that this financial planner is going to be coaching you in a way to achieve what you see for your future, not what they're projecting upon you. We, that might be it. We might be done with the Wise Money Show period. I mean, that that is what we want to tell the world, what Josh just said. A mission accomplished. Let's, let's just run that on repeat for the next infinity every Saturday because that's exactly right. If they're not, If your financial advisor isn't taking an interest in you, and your goals, the entire really, I can tell you how the rest of the relationship's gonna go. It's gonna be about them. And they might sometimes put it in a way that feels mutually like a win, but if they're not asking you about you, if they're not genuinely excited about you, they're not gonna be orienting their advice around helping you achieve your goals. If you said, how, how are you feeling in, in a, I would always say, don't trust your feelings when it comes to your finances. But if someone said, how are you feeling about your relationship with your financial advisor? You should be feeling like you are winning. And you want to work with a financial advisor that is used to winning and wants to win on your behalf for you as much as you want to win on your behalf. And and then the only question is, how do we define a win? What does a win look like? And yeah. what what is this thing that puts a little 
uh, pep in your step? What is this thing that gets you excited, gets you out of bed in the morning um, to be working toward? Well, okay, so this is the other thing you should expect to hear from your financial advisor. Josh said it in a different way when we were working on a case together recently. But, okay, so what are the financial goals that you're pursuing? Um, what are the things that get you up out of bed, get you excited? But what are the things that keep you up at night? Josh said, what are your 2 a.m. worries? What are the 2 a.m. issues? And it, we all have them in our financial life, those things that uh, I just yeah don't even like to think about it because it was a mistake that I made or I just know I need to attend to this and I'm not. Your financial advisor should be asking you, not telling you per se, although they should be bringing that, that clarity and confidence to you, but asking you, hey, what areas of your financial life are, are you particularly worried about? Absolutely. Remember, the, the purpose of interviewing a new certified financial planner is to figure out, are you a good fit for them? And one of the things that you need to define up front, and you come with your own expectations, they should be asking you about this, is what are the expectations for this relationship as well? You know, uh, s sometimes we frame it as if you could look back on this relationship three years from now, what will have needed to happen in order for us to say, boy, this was worthwhile. This was a this was a great start. I'm so glad we got working together. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you a little story about a client that I was working with. And I had worked with this person for a couple of years. And there was a financial event that was going to take place. But it was taking much longer than anyone had anticipated. And then when the event finally took place, and the money showed up in this person's bank account, guess who this person heard from almost immediately? The bank, mm. right? And they said, hey, uh, we want to talk to you. <laughs> um, and so I said, yeah, go go talk to the bank. See, see what they have to offer. And this person's attorney said, hey, you need to talk to these other two financial advisors that I refer my clients to. Mm -hmm. And when, when the client told me the name of these two advisors the, of the companies, I thought this is, this is fabulous because this person's going to spend an hour with each of these companies and I know what it's going to be like. And sure enough, uh, when this person came back in after interviewing the bank and, and these other two firms. This person said, hey, they told me what they do. And they showed me really cool graphs and charts. And I said, well, what do they understand about your situation? And they said nothing. Mm -hmm. And so if... If you're going to a financial advisor and it's about the advisor or it's about the advisor's products or it's about the advisor's approach and you can walk out and the advisor doesn't know anything more about you than when you walked in, you, you're likely in the wrong place. Yeah, that's great. Well said. All right. I hope that was helpful. Man, I just love what we do. My goodness. I could talk about this the, you know, for hours and hours, but I, we're going to transition really quickly to a great question we received by text from Jean. And here's what she said. I rolled over my 401k in June to an IRA um, and a Roth IRA. Had, had, a, had a chunk in an IRA, a chunk in a Roth. The money went into money market and I had at least one day to move it. But because the market's so volatile and I just retired... 
should I keep it in money market or should I move it into investments incrementally or move it all? What should I do? Hmm. It's, it's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not sure who's kind of coaching you through this process, but m my hope would be that this is some of the details that you'd work out before you even do the rollover. Know what your game plan is going to be. But if that money is coming out of the market, the risk is, is that it comes out of the market and it's sitting in cash for some period of time and the market moves away from you. It, it starts climbing and you're not benefiting any longer for, for these long-term assets. But in my opinion, these transition points are really critical to get right because um, you have delays or um, you know, interruptions to it being in invested and it can cost you dearly, especially in a, in a volatile market like this. So to, to me, I would be pointing back, Gene, to what was the original purpose of this money? This is, this is rollover money. It's 401k money. Think retirement. And that's a long-term goal for many people. But if you're retiring, that's why you're doing the rollover, then there may be some portion of this money that should not go back into the market. It should be the money that you're going to spend right away. But, uh, but that's all dependent upon your particular goals, your, your plan in particular. What is, what is the purpose of this money? And with a sum this size, so about a million bucks, the question is, well, does it, have, does it serve multiple purposes? Is some purpose for you to replace your income and supplement Social Security and other income in the short term? Well, if so, it should be invested appropriately. Is some of it for five to 10 years from now? Well, it should be invested appropriately. And is some of it for 20 years from now? It should be invested appropriately. And it's that 20-year month. All of that points to, the, to today's volatility. It points to your overall financial plan. And it points to long-term volatility as well and inflation protection. So it ties right back into your financial plan. And Josh, I couldn't have said it better. Hopefully, you had a game plan for these dollars. You had an overall financial plan for these dollars before you executed the rollover. If not, it's not too late, though. And right now, tuning into the financial plan could help you avoid some mistakes and find also the great choice out of a list of good choices. So great question, Gene. Hopefully that helps. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh, Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.